Hi everyone, I'm Michelin Sisti, and you are listening to the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Roll it. Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, when nostalgia comes alive. Happy here with us, as always, I'm your host, Jake Devenbaugh, we're going to be co-host Chris Bixby, and Matt Bingo. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Hello, peeps. How you doing? How you doing, Jakey? That's great to hear. I'm doing great. Thank, as always, thank you for asking. Fantastic. Fantastic. And where are you all geographically, first of all? We are all in the U.S. <laughs> I am in Massachusetts, yes. and Jake and Matt are in different parts of Maryland. Closer. Yeah, we're actually like an hour and a half away from each other. Actually, no, it's like an hour. It's uh, it's closer than we thought it would be, but yeah, we're we're pretty close. We're uh, uh, yeah. pretty close geographically. Yes. Well, well anyway- I, I, despite my Welsh accent and I'm British, I've been in LA for 33 years, and we we're based in Los Angeles. Nice. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Nice. So, so Jake, who do we have today? Yes, yes, guess we have for today. He's a Welsh Emmy and BFTA award-winning producer. He wrote books for the Super Ted book series. He, he made his own TV company, which is now called Splash Entertainment, which is formerly called as Mike Young Productions. He also worked on some other you know, children's series, which we'll touch base on earlier. Please welcome Mr. Mike Young. How about here, Mike? How about here? How are you? Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. Yes, a pleasure. A pleasure. So... For those who don't know you, could you tell like our audience a bit about yourself and what you do? Well, Ryan Reynolds and myself are world famous in Wales. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I started in 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 the UK in Wales, uh, and I wrote all these super Ted books. I I was a writer, but basically, uh, I had a little boy, Richard. And he was afraid of the dark. He was two and a half years old and would never go to sleep at night. And so every evening I used to go up and try and get him to sleep. And one night in desperation, I, I went there and I literally had, I'd been washing up the tea dishes. I had a tea, tea towel in my hand. And I tied it around the teddy bear's neck. And I said, this teddy bear is also afraid of the dark. But when he whispers his secret magic word, he turns into super Ted. And so night after night after night, he was telling these Super Ted stories. And one day I went to his uh, kindergarten to collect him. And the teacher said, we love those Super Ted stories. I said, how do you know about those? Oh, we always stand Richard on the desk. And he always tells us a story you told him last night. You know, this is, guys, how accidental life is. Okay. Um, and so she said, you're a writer. Why didn't you get them published? And I did. We they were very successful and then the welsh television channel named s4c who had just been formed at that time it to pre- preserve the welsh language which is separate to english language and they wanted to do something that took their logo all around the world because obviously 99.9 percent of what they were going to produce were in the welsh language and these are you're talking about 45 years ago you know so so basically it's not the same as today where now on netflix we see thousands of blooming foreign shows don't we with subtitles and all the rest of it heard of at that time so we um i taught myself that where i was at you know I, I knew film and film producing but i'd never really produced animation and so we talked our way into let forming a studio in wales called serial animation brought in a couple of really experienced uh, guys dave edwards who's director robin lyons a writer roger ficklin and we knew so little that we produced some really, really good. We copied Disney. We said, because in those days, as you guys know, it was very limited animation. Like the 
the old He-Man Master of the Universe series, you know, they were barely animated fundamentally. And and so we, we didn't know any better. So we were actually fully animating it. And Super Ted became the first show ever bought by Disney from an outside company. Oh, and, wow. uh, and so back in the uh, 90s, uh, they, uh, they sold uh, the embryonic Disney Channel and VHS tapes and all the rest of it, uh, they were selling. So, yeah, and we, um, we also cr- created another show called Fireman Sam. Uh, I met two London firemen who were firefighters, and they, uh, they had nothing for the fire service and their families to buy. And so they came up with this idea of this fireman. And so we, you know, but we, um, because that was uh, really like Postman Pat, if you know what that is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. It, we wanted something, it, it had to be done in stock frame animation, not in 2D animation like Super Ted was. So it went to a company called Bumper Films who did a great job with it back in the day. Of course, they still made today and they're CGI now. Um, and then just very quickly, uh, uh, we did a movie called Once Upon a Forest with um, Hannibal Bear and Fox, a game from Wales. We did The Little Engine That Could uh from wales and we i decided back in those days we couldn't do what we're doing now on this this call you know you had to be here and america in in some respects is the most insular country on earth outside of north korea you know what i mean it's especially in this industry animation it was just the core center of the world at that time and uh so we moved here and set up our own company and studio and the very first show we ever made was Little Dracula. Have you ever heard of Little Dracula? I don't think that? so. Not yeah. really. Uh, uh, and Little Dracula um, oh. was on Fox, uh, on The Hub, actually, the channel called The Hub that was formed. At oh, yeah, time. yeah. Yeah, and uh, we uh, went, you know, we did The Secret Garden. We did The Little Engine of Cut I just mentioned with Universal. And, and so we really started to kick ass, you know. And the advantage I had over the local studios is that I knew the international market. Whereas in America, you would sell to NBC or ABC or CBS, and that was it, you know. Right. Um, uh, and, and then what happened was that the studios were allowed to buy the networks, uh, again, preceding all you guys back in the 90s. It used to be like church and state. The studios could not own the networks. And then they changed the rules, the Finson rules, and they allowed so Disney could buy ABC, blah, 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 and all. And, and so, of course, a lot of the big independent animation studios lost a lot of work at that time. Mm-hmm. It's like what we're going through now in a different era. Um, and they, um, and, but we survived because we knew how to produce, co-produce with the BBC of TF1 in France or Kicker in Germany or whatever. And so we got through that period through dumb luck by uh, ba- basically knowing the international market, you know. Right. Very interesting indeed. Now, before launching your career producing these various projects, what was your background like and how did you grow up? Um, I was born and raised in Wales and, and Welsh. That's a Welsh soccer jersey hanging on the wall in that picture frame behind me. And uh, uh, so don't call me English, whatever you do. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the Scots, the Irish, and the Welsh, they the Celtic nations, you know what I mean? And so they very, you know, people say, are you supporting England in the World Cup? And they say, no, I would support North Korea before England, you know. (laughs) 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 But there you are. Um, And yeah, and so I I was in, I basically uh, went to to a college, uh, I came out, uh, I became a dietitian, if you know what that is. Um, Yeah, yeah. And, and basically uh, went uh, in that direction for a while. And then through, again, sheer dumb luck, this company that I was working for wanted to make commercials. Um, and because I did most of the writing there, uh, they, uh, I found myself producing various, you know, 
commercials fundamentally. So from commercials, you know, and great thing about commercials is you do both, don't you? You know, they mix media, whether well, this is especially back then, live action and animation mixed together. And and so uh, we we started in that uh, uh, that direction. And uh, we got five kids, had five kids. We've now got 11 grandchildren and they all live around here. Two of the guys, uh, Pete and Rich, work in the studio here and Pete runs uh, all development and all the new shows which i'll tell you about later and uh, uh rich is a director and also you know was an editor post-production and so we're very much a family and so our daughter sarah is second in command at disney uh series television animation oh and nice like well spidey and friends recently you know, oh yeah um but you know you guys you, you're bit more focused on the nostalgia side of the fence aren't you mm -hmm. yeah pretty much absolutely yeah <laughs> just an interesting thing and you can check this out on imdb um we produced in 2002 2003 he-man master the universe and it's the highest rating of all the various versions that were made even the the earlier ones ours rates higher amongst the fan base etc etc and then the two series they made with netflix recently uh a lot of the fans didn't like them at all so so mm -hmm. with the fan base like imagine taking winnie woodpecker and making it in cgi right yeah you lose something mm -hmm. don't you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you do yes yeah, and so they got to be very careful we, we got a sonic the hedgehog 2d series on Cabillion. Uh, which I'll mention in a minute, and uh, and basically the fan base much prefers it to the CGI Cartoon Network version that they they did. Yeah, uh, and in fact they write rude things about it. So uh, you know <laughs> they're all like you four, you three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I am DB is an interesting thing. Uh, yeah. Especially when it comes to like research, like we've we've had guests in the past, like we bring up something, they're like, "No, I didn't do that." So it's it's a hit or miss yeah. with IMDb, but that's that's interesting that you know that like people had their own audience for the '80s He Man, but I, I'm definitely surprised that 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 one's ranked higher. That that surprises me, it really does. Yeah, it did, and uh, uh, I think it's because uh, the two, the director and the producer on it were like He-Man besotted guys, and they knew the they really stuck to the uh, the core of, of the, the story. Whereas in some of these later versions, they go off in all sorts of direct. I don't know if you've seen them. Have you? I don't think so. The later Netflix, the, the, no. Netflix, the, the Netflix He-Man. No? no, I haven't seen that. Well, there you are, you know. That says it all. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so basically, you know, we family company. Then several years ago, we formed Cabillion. Uh, Comcast we were working with, and they uh, encouraged us, you know, on the cable side of the fence, they were switching over to digital. So it allowed us to... Um, to, you know, there's Woody there. Uh, it, it allowed us to. So we're the only one on both the cable and on the OT, on Apple and Amazon and Amazon Fire and um, what's it called, um, uh, Roku, etc. There's the old Sonic I was talking about. Uh, there, there's oh, yeah. mighty, mighty, the black yeah. and white mighty, mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh, my and, gosh. And so it's a mixture of brand new stuff and uh, and stuff that's um, you know it's nostalgic and we get um, so many um, adults watching it. In fact, we only keep the statistics from kids. We get about twenty five million kids a month watching it, and they they basically um, we have like a seventy five minute watch time. Now on YouTube, a two-minute watch time is a long time. 
Okay, uh, so 75 minutes, it means they really, they're dedicated viewers as such. And uh, it, it's um, it's amazing, you know, a, and it's free, it's AVOD, you know, you get to watch a, a Lego commercial or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. um, and kids like that anyway. <laughs> it's not like us having to watch Liberty Mutual ads or drug ads or whatever, you know what I mean? Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, I see those too much. We, and, and so um, Kabillion has grown from strength to strength, and uh, you should check it out. If you, do you have, do you have Roku or Amazon Fire or any of those things? I have Roku, yeah. I I have an Amazon Fire. Yeah, well, just go into either one, put in the search, put Kabillion in, and uh, you'll see it'll come up. And uh, it's as I say, it's free. Uh, That's the other thing: is young families, you know, can they afford six or seven SVOD channels? Right. Right. Yeah. It adds up. The money adds adds up. up. Yeah. Especially when you're not watching them half the time, you know. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so you know, any any questions? So, one of your earliest projects you mentioned earlier was uh, Super Ted. Now yeah. You mentioned the you mentioned the inspiration behind it, but what was the creation process of Super Ted like? Uh, well, as I say, I brought in a guy called Dave Edwards, who was a really good, great uh, director, and Robin Lyons, who's a, a really good writer, uh, script writer, uh, you know. And we um, we formed the studio, Serial Animation, and we went into the very roughest part of Cardiff. It was called Tiger Bay, okay, and uh, it was in. Not, not a place of faint hearts. And we unwittingly became the catalyst to really completely rejuvenate Tiger Bay, which is now called Cardiff Bay. And uh, and basically we attracted lots of like, it became a honeypot, you know, post-production studios and other studios. And and so we, we started off there and Super Ted was made literally the old fashioned way. In other words, you drew animation on paper you transferred it to cell you painted the cells you put the cells under a 35 millimeter rostrum camera and shot them cell by cell by cell uh married with backgrounds which again were all hand painted literally everything was done within the studio now these days of course you know you subcontract to other countries you know um uh, especially on tv animation uh, you know, India and uh, uh, Malaysia and uh, Ireland and, you know, you, you, you name it. It really is an international business now. But yeah. then literally made everything in-house, literally every droid, every cell. And uh, those cells sell for quite a lot of money when people can get hold of them, you know. Right, yeah. So... Now you also mentioned uh, the Super Ted animated series. How how did the the books kind of transition into uh, the series? Well, we uh, I think the first maybe dozen books I wrote with like the Inca Super Ted the Inca Temples, Super Ted and the Stolen Rocket Ships, Super Ted Nuts in Space, <laughs> um, and so these were. Do you remember like the Mister Men books? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they yeah, were. The- uh-huh. They were that sort of format. They were about 20 pages, 24 pages, small illustration. And the original, very original issues were really amateurish when you look at them now. Uh, you know, we we basically busk in it, as we say in England, you know. And, and basically, um, then when Dave Edwards came along, he started to make the characters a lot more slick and animatable. And so uh, gradually we re re the books got republished with the, the later sort of drawings. Yeah, and so the first uh, series um, were basically all, it says 40th anniversary, were all based on um, the original books that we that we actually made, you know. Um, it's so funny, uh, our daughter, I don't know if you've ever seen Grown Up Creepy, by the way, uh, our daughter, as I said, is head of um, animation at Disney series television and 
she produced Spidey and Friends. And we say to our two grandsons, who were like six or seven years old at the time, um, right, we're going to watch Auntie Sarah's uh, Spidey and Friends. So we watch the episode and then they say, can we watch another one now? And we said, no, that's going to be next Friday. That was beyond their comprehension because they'd grown up in this. You guys, even you're young guys, but you grew up in an era where you'd wait a week for a show. Yeah, yes, you know, right. and, yeah. And, and all that's gone now. And and really, it's it's lost something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you would have all probably watched the Ninja Turtles together or whatever it was. You know what I mean? And and you go to school and you're playing Ninja Turtles, and uh, there were three or four networks, and so half the the kids would have watched it at the same time on the same day on a Saturday morning, you know, now, of course, it's very, very different. The audience is very much more diverse and split up, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, so basically um, the whole world has changed. And the shame is, is that the binge watching doesn't allow the characters to build. If you look at the big merchandising successes, Okay, now these days, they're all linear television characters. You know, it was, mm. it was Bluey or Peppa Pig or Paw Patrol or you know PJ Masks or you go on and on and on. Uh, they weren't originally, at least, on the SVODs. Right. They were Bill, Bill, like Spidey and Friends again. Build, build, build over a period of time, and uh, it's something they got to get to grips with because, you know, the binge is uh, not conducive to really building a brand over time. You know, right, right, definitely, absolutely. So now, going back to like you know, Super Tanya, you know, Super Tanya was also turned into a stage show. Now, can you talk a bit about about that? Yeah. You did, you've done your homework. So my cousin was a very famous British actor named Victor Spinetti. And Victor Spinetti was in all the Beatles movies, for instance, Hard Day's Night and Help and Magical Mystery Tour. Oh, wow. uh, I, I went out with the Beatles a few times with him and had great great time with them. And um, so when Super Ted came along, um, I turned to him and said, look, you know, we need to cast this. And so he brought in four or five of the best actors and voice actors in Britain. Uh, years ago, Doctor Who was John Pertwee. So if you look at the, you know, the classic Doctor Who, he was John Pertwee, Melvin Hayes, uh, Roy Kinnear. And so a, a cast to die for, Derek Griffiths as Super Ted. And so he helped us cast it and we, we have great fun, you know, recording the shows up in London. Um, and those, you know, at the time, I didn't really realize it. The, the voices really became iconic uh, uh, with Super Ted. And they um, you know, helped. As I said, Disney is the first show ever bought by Disney uh, from an outside company. Uh, Super Ted and Lucky Luke, a French company, uh, had a show as well. So, so it, yeah, it's... Um, between the quality of it and the uh, the casting of it, um, you know, we we struck gold fundamentally. Um, and super teddy bears, you see a, a zip up, so it looked like a regular teddy bear and the fur would come off and underneath would be super dead. So children could use their imagination and, uh, and, and play with them. And, you know, uh, and the super dead bears, you know, uh, also, if you look on eBay, they sell hundreds of dollars. Some of the original bears, you know. What was the other thing that that, that you said in regard to Super Ted? So when you ask your question, oh, the Super the Super Ted stage show. Oh, the Super Ted stage show. Yeah. So Victor mm -hmm. uh, is an actor, and um, so we talked one day, and we said, "Look, uh, again, these days it's very common for you know." Paw Patrol to be a stage show or whatever it is. Yeah. Now, um, in those days, again, so we had to, how do we have him flying in the theater? So, uh, so we, um, we, we booked 
in, in Britain, they have what they call pantomime shoot, like Christmas shows that run for about two months right up to, to Christmas time. And uh, so we started in that way. We started in the new theatre in Cardiff. And people are grown-ups now who are 50 years old, you know, will fondly remember him. And of course, you go to the theatre and uh, we got all these real actors, John Pertwee, Victor Spinetti, um, um, Melvin Hayes. They all all played their, their voice characters actually became the, the costume characters. I would have sent you some photographs of, of the Ming costume. And then Super Ted um, was a young guy who was really athletic and could do all sorts of uh, karate-like moves and very fit. And he would be on a harness and he'd fly around the theater. So he'd fly up to the, uh, you know, the boxes and the uh, the circle and uh, fly over the crowd and oh you know kids used to go absolutely wild for it you know basically and then it became a touring oh, show yeah. we we toured up and down the country with it you know um uh for several two or three years actually yeah so you know again those are the days <laughs> definitely and I know you also uh, mentioned after a super Ted. Uh, Super Ted was followed by series such as uh, Fantastic Max and Little Dracula. Can you kind of talk a bit about those shows? Yeah, so Fantastic Max, which was originally called Space Baby, and you can see uh, an episode, uh, the one episode of pilot we made of Space Baby on YouTube. Um, Again, it was much higher quality than the Hanna-Barbera version that followed. So we, at that time, to get ABC uh, to open a fox to order the show they would never order it from a studio in wales okay and so we decided to co-produce it with hannah barbera now they're great friends to this day all the people who work there you know mark young was a namesake of mine and kelly ward and uh they they were great talented people but the studio had become a factory mm-hmm. you know and it was churning out hundreds of hours of animation a year. Um, so we were in that system. It was the, the writing on the show was fantastic. They changed the name to um, to Fantastic Max, but the quality of the animation wasn't up to the Super Ted sort of standard or even Space Baby standard, if you see it. But uh, it ran in syndication uh, a couple of seasons of it, and. Uh, and then another thing we developed was Once Upon a Forest, uh, which has became a, a feature film. Um, David Kirshner was best known as the creator of Chucky, <laughs> the, the slasher doll. Yeah. Um, had been made head of uh, Hanna-Barbera at that time, the young guy. And so he liked Once Upon a Forest, which was just about the first of the environmental shows. And when you look back on it and the environmental message in it, you know, from 37 years ago, it was really so relevant to what we're all living through today now, um, basically. And yeah, so um, Once Upon a Forest. uh, And then Little Dracula was one of the very first Mike Young production shows. um, And we... Um, we have some great names in it, um, and we um, we also did. Um, I mentioned the Secret Garden, where Sir Derek Jacobi was in it. You know, brought in some British big voice guy. You know, big name actors, etc. But uh, you know, we it, we still produce, and to this day, you know, uh, we. We we produce all I want for Christmas is you with Mariah Carey a few years ago. Oh yeah, uh, have it, uh, which uh, cleaned up. It's been incredibly successful. Um, have you seen uh, Calipari on Netflix? Right. Well, Calipari is like a flashback series you might like. It's boys' action, uh, and our army of frogs who are being taken over by these uh, you know mutant type characters, and it's a uh, uh, a couple of seasons. It's on Hulu, and it's on um, Netflix unusually. And uh, there's a movie, a CGI version of of uh, Calipari in works now with Hulu, uh, basically. Uh, but check it out, uh, Calipari with a K. Nice. 
Um, the, currently as well, we're working with uh, R.L. Stein on Little Shop of Monsters as a, a long-form film. Um, and we're all held up a little bit with the strikes that, uh, you know, the SAG strike and the yeah. uh, strike at the moment. Um, we have another project called Jespy and Audrey. It's about Audrey Hepburn when she was a 13-year-old in World War II. Um, um, and it's incredible animation script, incredible. Um, and uh, Res Defenders, which is with the... Bureau of Indian Affairs, and it's about uh, six Native American Indian kids who are all computer whiz and AI whiz kids, young kids, and it's a funny comedy. Out in space, the Slimies and Lord Slime is going to come and take over planet Earth, and he, he's a bit of a, he's like Donald Trump, he's got a bone spur problem himself, so he's not going to come to Earth himself because it's a little bit dangerous, so he sends um, his his Elite force, he thinks they're elite, but they're what we would call teenagers, okay? So he sends these slimies down to earth and they meet up with these Native American Indian kids. And of course they start to have the time of their lives, partying and etc. And now they got to pretend they've taken over planet earth. So with these Native American Indian kids, they, uh, they basically use video games and all their um, AI footage, and they're constantly sending him these horrible war videos back into space saying, look, you know, it's dangerous here. Don't come. We're fighting like hell. And they've they got to keep Lord Skid back in space, you know. So right, interesting stuff. Definitely. So one of your uh, other most well-known projects you worked on was co-executive producing Clifford the Big Red Dog. What was it like working on that show? Well, uh, it's a classic, and we did um, all the, um, you know, through the early uh, 2000s, right up, uh, we did 150 episodes of Clifford the Big Red Dog and Clifford's Puppy Days, and then we oh, followed yeah. a Clifford, Clifford's Really Big Movie, uh, which was a movie we did with uh, Warner Brothers uh, of Clifford in, in, again, 2D animation, and um, uh, it was just a place of the writing on the show with PBS and Scholastic was fantastic. Um, they, they, um, it's just one of those, every parent in America knows Clifford the Big Red Dog now and uh, the ki kids do. I know they've made some live action features and um, they've done some flash sort of animated uh, series, but we did traditional 2D full on uh, animation and as I say it was a, an absolute pleasure we worked on Care Bears and Strawberry Shortcake producers both those shows they were both CGI shows um, that you, Cliff um, Woody Woodpecker we just completed three seasons of shorts of Woody Woodpecker what a pleasure that was nice. you know uh, Mike Milo directed it it was a great 2D director and we um uh, for Universal Studios, it's had a billion views. Wow! Yeah. Oh, wow! All over the world, yeah. Like in uh, Brazil, is one of the biggest characters of all time, Woody Woodpecker. Okay, and you know, and that's the thing is that you know these things really do have legs and travel. You know, going you back Calipari, we've dubbed it into thirty-two languages. Wow. So, Netflix. So, yeah, that's how the world has changed. Nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in that series, Clifford was voiced by the sadly passed John Ritter. Did yeah. you get to did you get to know or work with John at all during? Oh, my God. Yes, we worked with him extensively. Here's a really sad story is that we we recorded the, the movie Clifford's really big movie. Yeah. Uh huh. And. Mm -hmm. So um, John passed away at the end of, after he finished recording it, but we needed a few pickup lines uh, to be done and uh, we had to get someone to do a, a pickup line or two. So when we went to Warner Brothers to watch the premiere of the movie on one of their big stages there, um, the audience was half adult and half children. You know, people, the, the executives at Warner Brothers, they all brought their children in and we did as well. And so at the very end of the movie, 
John Ritter says, I love you all. Aww. And all the adults in the room started crying their eyes out, you know, emotion. Oh. And all the kids, the kids were going, looking at their parents and the, as, as adults, seeing us all crying. And they, they were saying, it's not that bad. He'll be, you know, they... they <laughs> <laughs> it went completely over their head, you know what I mean? So so basically it was uh, such a sad, poignant thing, but at the same time, uh, you know, children, uh, yeah, John Ritter was, and we had a great cast, you know, uh, actors. The other show is Jacob's The Adventures of Piggly Winks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I grew up with that one yes. too. Yeah, that was a yeah. wonderful yeah. show. Now, Jacob's, yes. you know, we had uh, Mel Brooks. For God's sake, in Jacobs, you know, like an icon himself, and Tara Strong, and uh, you know, the uh, Miley Flanagan was Jacobs, and and uh, he, uh, Mel Brooks used to show up at the recording. He'd say, "I got to be out of here three o'clock. I got to be out of here three o'clock." At five o'clock, he'd say, "No, let's go back to page six. I think I've thought of something." And whatever he thought of was genius. You know what I mean? Funny and genius. And he plays a Brooklyn sheep who's been sent to Ireland. Okay. And he's seen the whole world and he's amongst all these dumb cluck sheep who sheep have never been anywhere. And uh, oh my God, it's just incredible. It won the British Academy Award. It won eight Emmys, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, to this, and it's a CGI dates. If you look at CGI made 10 years ago, five years ago, 15 years ago, it unlike 2D, it dates. Okay. Yeah. But Jacobs really holds up there um, because of the sort of characters they were, etc. And the other thing about CGI, if you've noticed, you could put half the characters from one movie into another movie. You wouldn't know the difference, would you? You know, it they all they tend to look the same, you know. I think Spider-Verse has been a godsend, uh, Spider-Man animated movies, because they they went back to the cartoonists and the cartoon guys designed them. And it broke away from that CGI, samey look, you know, but there you are. That's my view anyway. Nice. 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 Awesome. So now, do you have any favorite Jakers characters or episodes? Um, oh my God, that's a, you know, cause the, the, I did a little live action, uh, presentation of them not long ago and with some children, et cetera, new modern day kids. And, uh, it was, uh, just running through everything. Um, no, I, I think all of them were gems. The writing in them was fantastic. And, uh, you know, Grandpa Piggly is really me. You know, I'm really, you know, my uh, grandchildren, uh, uh, basically, um, you know, they sit around me and I tell them stories and uh, and that's what Grandpa Piggly did, okay? And and so he, he always talked about the old country, going back to Ireland. Now, this summer in June, I took five of my youngest grandchildren uh, we're like seven to 12 years of age, you know, across the range to Wales for them to visit Wales for the first time ever. Cause they thought like Wales was like a figment of my overworked imagination, if you know what I mean. And, uh, we went to Wales and they saw everything from the castles right through to the farms and the farm where we grew up and all the rest of it. And there's nothing like it. And that's what we poured into Jacobs. That was the same basically, but, uh, background that we put into it and um so yeah i'm afraid to say all of them were my favorites and uh <laughs> working with books was like a dream come true basically nice oh. wonderful uh that's nice. wonderful so you also actually co-created the anime series chloe's closet which of course the one that's just I remember from Sprouse. Well, um, what was that show like? Well, my granddaughter is Chloe, okay, and she's in NYU. Oh, wow. She's now in the New York Film School as we speak, and oh, wow. uh, she had, she used to have a little uh, like comforter blanket when she was a little, you know, a 
three or four year old and it was and it had carrot stitches around it and it was in the shape of a duck and so Chloe's closet has uh, 100% come from Chloe and uh, Sarah, her mom, who's the one who was at Disney now. And and basically, um, uh, Chloe's closet is not sold in North Korea, but it's sold just about everywhere else in the world you could think of, fundamentally. Uh, it's in all many, many, many languages. It's um, uh, one of the iconic uh, preschool shows. You know, it's up there. You know, I'm jealous of Bluey. I think Bluey is one of the best shows ever made. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I love Bluey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Chloe's Closet knocks on its door a little bit. And um, and, and the great thing is it's uh, sheer imagination. You know, uh, uh, they never leave their bedroom. You know, they open the closet. It's a magic thing. And they go in. They're astronauts or they're doctors or they're, uh, you know. Uh, yeah ski slopes etc etc and and again the wonderful thing i could switch on now the wonderful thing about 2d again is that it doesn't date you can go watch the lion king 2d movie now and it looks phenomenal okay? oh yeah all right <laughs> even like the really old stuff like snow white yeah dumbo but, yeah you go back and you watch some of the cgi from 20 years ago we made a show which i'm not very proud of called uh, but ugly Martians. Oh yeah, I've heard a little bit about it. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit about. I haven't it. seen any episodes, but I've seen like articles no. about it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, but ugly Martians is one of the very first CGI shows ever made. We made it all in LA, by the way. It didn't go anywhere else, and uh, it's uh, great voices, isn't it? Jess Arnell and you know um, Chris Paulson and really great voices in it, but. The animation is makes you want to die, you know, when you see it. Really, really, really. And, and, but, you know, even if you I mean, look that's, at, I, I, mean that's, I mean, that's one of the first shows, like, with, with that, you know, technology. So, I mean, yeah. and that's the prize. It wasn't really yeah best, best show. Yeah. You know? We did Voltron as well, a Voltron series back then in CGI. And again, you know, they've, very ugly sort of designs and looking characters, etc. You know, uh, you know. Uh, sometimes you look in animation. We made a movie called Norm of the North and Rock Dog. Okay. Oh yeah, Norm of the North. Uh, okay, yeah. now these are eight million dollar movies, not one hundred fifty million dollar movies. Okay. Now, if you if you guys made an eight million dollar live action film. You would never get compared with a two hundred million dollar live action film, but in animation you get compared. You get people say, "Well, the animation not as good as Pixar." Go, no, it's not as good as Pixar. Okay, this was made. Okay, now the fact is, the kids absolutely loved it. Okay, whereas some of the bigger movies, and especially some of the more recent bigger movies, you know, our kids were bored to tears with them or didn't want to even go and see them. Fundamentally. You know, we, we've got a soccer-based movie on Netflix called Soccer Stars, Soccer Crossed Out, Football Stars, and it's got Zlatan, who is a famous soccer player, Megan Rapinoe is the World Cup lady, and, and also Weird Al Yankovic in it. It's on Netflix. And it's one of the most successful. It costs $6 million to make. Now, I coach kids soccer, okay? And we were all sitting on the grass, few months ago in the heat in LA drinking water because we're all dying there were about 30 kids there and you say I said to them, hands up if you know who Brad Pitt is no never heard of him Paul McCartney no uh Kim Kardashian no they went through all these names and you say who's Charlie D'Amelio oh yeah uh-huh yeah okay so basically, what's and they were like nine to twelve years old, uh, twelve year olds. What's famous to kids is not what's famous even to you guys. You know, yeah. you're, you're different demographic. What's famous to you is different to what's famous to a seven year old today, and certainly, you know, parents and, and grandparents. And so sometimes Netflix and some of these people they make shows with stars in them that don't mean dick to. Uh, to the the kid of today mm -hmm. you know uh, and uh, that's something you've got to do you've got to cast things up and down like weird al yank do you know who weird al yankovic is 
Oh, it was oh, yeah. Weird. Absolutely. Yeah, weird. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, weird. Kids, little kids don't awesome. see it, but we right. put weird yeah. owls in it for their parents and their grandparents. Okay. Um, whereas, uh, you know, Megan Rapino, even though she missed the penalty in the World Cup, okay, uh, they all, all the kids knew who she was, you know what I mean? So, uh, so basically, that casting is always very important, you know, cast somebody uh, that, that the kids know. Right. So another uh, show that you produce, which is another uh, show that aired on Sprout, uh, Dive Ali Dive. Can you talk a little bit about that show? Dive Ali Dive, by the way, has had now seven full feature films made of it, which uh, be all been released in China theatrically. Hmm. And Universal oh. has three of them in the USA. Yeah, um, Dive Ali Dive, again, a, a fairly early but cute CGI uh, uh, series. Two uh, guys from Liverpool contacted me, and they had nothing to do with the business. And they 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 said they had this idea. And of course, we get zillions of you know calls and approaches like this. And so, but then when they pitched me uh, the 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 concept of a little submarine again, it's got environmental things in it, etc. I really liked it. And then we. So picked up and designed it and they've uh they, they've made quite a bit of money out of it now and we we fundamentally um produced 104 11 minute episodes and then the chinese partner uh wanted to do a movie so we we co-produced a movie with them then they wanted another movie and another movie. and in china these have been massive these by the way cost four million dollars each these movies okay and it's they've beaten a hundred million dollars of movies you know uh in that territory it's called happy little submarines by the way in chinese uh hmm. uh and when we got to number seven we didn't want to do it because we were too full up with it and universal bought three and we, we were still selling them if you know what i mean and uh so uh we, we we stopped it at that point, um, but and China since then has gone backwards, and they you know politically and all the rest of it. So you know it's harder now to get things made through through China. Right. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's after the seventh one. Like, what's left? You know, like right, you yeah. right. nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, well, it's like, you know, some of the your most favorite drama series on television, once they get to the second season or the third season, they start to get a bit thin, don't they? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you yes, see that adult stuff, you know, so, you know, thing. so it's the same happened. Uh, Clifford was an exception because, you know, Clifford seemed to... Uh, we're working at the moment with um, Al Roker, the weather... Oh, wow. Council on with, with PBS wow. is a show called Weather Hunters, and uh, Al Roker is um, has a family in it, uh, African American family, and they um, again it's all about weather and climate and you know and trying to really show kids and treat kids because we're we're bequeathing to you guys a real problem, okay? Uh, what's happened in Maui and what's happened in all over the world uh, is going to become more and more and more commonplace as climate uh, changes. And so this series deals a little bit with that, and but in a way that's accessible for children and also really showing them how they can, in their individual ways, can actually make changes. That's the great thing about PBS. They will do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, PBS has done a lot of wonderful, wonderful shows over the last few years. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. More absolutely. recently, especially a lot of really, really wonderful oh, shows. Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. A lot of them. Uh, I can't even figure out when's all top man. I don't know how far we want to go back. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. No, to be fair, they have, and they if the writing process with them is. Tr tricky because they're very pedantic at times, but uh, in the end they're right, and uh, the stuff has quality and it lasts. And you can go back and watch stuff from twenty years ago, and it'll still stand out, like Clifford, you know. Absolutely, right. 
absolutely still stands now. So aside from producing and creating TV series, you also worked on a number of films and specials, including the Bratz specials and TV show from... I'm never going to forgive you for mentioning that now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bratz, uh, a massive toy line with uh, MGA. And we, um, again, you know, CGI dates. And so you, you watch it a little bit and, uh, you know, you cringe a little bit of it. But it runs on Kabillion. And my God, we get really good views and audi you know, audiences for it. It's a bit like our teenage granddaughters who love shows like um, live action shows. Um, I'm trying to think of Mean Girls. They, oh, can, yeah. they can actually quote lines from Mean Girls, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's a bit the same with Bratz, is that even though the, the animation has dated a little bit in CGI terms, it's very sparky and spiky and all the rest of it. It was like the antidote to Barbie, wasn't it, you know, at the time? Mm-hmm. They've tried to change that in this recent movie, but basically um, Barbie was pink and everything, whereas uh, the Bratz were edgy and there were lawsuits between the two toy companies and God knows what else, you know. So um, so basically, uh, yeah, we, uh, again, great voice casts in them and uh, some people who've gone on to become quite famous, you know. We did Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um uh as an animated series and um they uh again it runs on Kabillion and uh again gets you know great views again it's like pokemon is not the greatest animation in the world but kids absolutely love it probably like you you, you three do and uh and so sometimes it's not the quality of the animation uh, it's other things kids like and look for. And sometimes the big studio executives don't really understand that fundamentally. Um, you know, why would a $6 million soccer film beat $150 million animated movies in ratings? Because the kids uh, identified with the content on it, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually Tisdale was in it. You know, she was the voice of Sabrina and... Uh, uh, and again, you cast it in a way that pulls the kids in fundamentally. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I know earlier you uh, mentioned producing the Norm of the North uh, film series. What, what was it like uh, working on those movies? Um, well, again, you know, you're making an $8 million movie on the first Norm of the North with Lionsgate with the domestic distributor uh, of the show. We created the show and, um, you know, uh, had a, again, a, a fantastic voice cast in it. And they, um, uh, it really punched well above its weight. I think it took $56 million at the box office and it did um, sold everywhere in, in the world you could think of. And again, uh, polar bear who goes to New York City and gets into all sorts of trouble with Ken Zhang in it who we ran into the other day is funny as hell um, and he uh, and basically again children uh, they look at things very differently from adults you know like the latest Pixar movie which looks absolutely fantastic uh, but uh, one you know two of my grandchildren didn't didn't even ask to go to see it you know, uh, so have you seen it all? The new Pixar movie? No, not yet, but I'm planning to see it on Disney Plus soon. <laughs> he waits till it's on Disney Plus. There you are. What a, <laughs> cheap, what a cheapskate he is. There you are. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I also have Disney Plus too. So, so you can so you can say the same thing to me too. It's it's uh, it's, it's our equivalent of waiting for a movie to come out on like VHS or DVD or something. Yeah, exactly right. We just moved studio, and uh, after sixteen years at the old place, and and basically, the amount of stuff we had to get all those DVDs and all those things that you don't have anymore, even digibeta tapes, and uh, we just had to crush thousands and thousands of them. You know, basically, wow. yeah. Um, uh, it was interesting uh, with Mariah Carey. Um, 
you know, here we got, you know, a superstar who, um, and she'd never done animation as such before. And uh, we had to go to her house to record it and et cetera, et cetera. And the, uh, that, that, believe it or not, that song had never been released as a single until we made that film. It was on an album all at once. Oh, wow. And uh, it went to number one all around the world, you know, as a single. And um, and wow. again, uh, relatively inexpensive show. And you know, and in, again, in development terms, you know, we we're working with some famous people. Um, uh, I mentioned Ryan Reynolds, and last uh, they've got uh, they've just taken up the rights in uh, Biker Mice from Mars. And uh, Biker Mice from Mars was uh, something we did the Bible of it for the guy who created the show, but we didn't actually produce the show. Uh, but now they want to reproduce it. Um, so, you know, all these things come around and come back, you know, and you have a different audience each time, you know. So Chloe's Closet in this like 15th year, and you, you've got six demographics basically, because they're all, you know, two to six, six year olds. And then they move right. um, And so, yeah, uh, one of the issues we have with the financier at the moment is they need finance three live action movies which bombed, okay? And we say, no, animated TV series are not like that. You know, you don't have that to one weekend and the thing is gone because it's, no one wanted to see it. A animated series uh, sell all over the world and can really, really uh, have a long, long life. Uh, Woody is 70 years old, the character. All right? Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. So to anyone watching or listening, what would you like to say to those who supported your work throughout your career? Uh, you're like Donald Trump supporters. You are really mugs. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I don't mean that at all. Um, basically, um, thank you so, so much because we're an independent studio. Uh, we have to compete with the Disneys and the Warner Brothers and, you know, the, the, the very big guys, um, both with our Kabillion network and with uh, the shows that we produce. Uh, probably the whole industry is at this moment in time going through a very, very difficult time between the strikes um, um, and the fact that the SVODs have pulled their wings in tremendously. Um, and what I hope is that they learn that they can come to us, hire us and fire us. They don't have to keep us around all the time. Whereas when they have their internal uh, animation production units, the costs go through the roof. Goes, literally goes through the roof. So. Um, I'm on behalf of the independent animation industry, you know, uh, I, I make that statement and plea and really hope that uh, the independents remain strong and get through this tricky period between COVID and everything else, you know, so we'll see. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So now if people would like to connect with you, where can people find you? Well, go to our www.splashentertainment.com. But also, please check out uh, www.cabillion.com. I think you'd find it very interesting. And if you live in America, it's on cable, it's on uh, uh, Amazon Fire, it's on Apple, and it's on um, um, Roku. And, uh, uh, you know, we're an independent, again, battling against some bigger guys, but we run through their legs occasionally all right nice <laughs> thank you guys it is a fabulous interview and um you know we look forward to seeing it and nice. we'll feed yeah, it into my social media sites when when we when you when you send it to me okay definitely and to wrap this up so of course this podcast is called jake's happy nostalgia show when you think of nostalgia what do you think of or how would you define the word nostalgia i think nostalgia is something that from your youth, you really hang on to uh, for the rest of your life. And you, you, it gave you pleasure to think back to it. Okay, I think that's uh, 
the best summary I could give. Definitely oh, agree. Absolutely. Thank you. Great words to end off. Thank you. Yes. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This was fun. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. You know, thank for, you. Yes. And thank you so much, you know, for what you've done okay. for our lives, you know, you know, you know, for what you've done, especially, you know, for Clifford and Jakers and Davari Dov and all those things. You know, we grew up watching those and, you know, and the fact, you know, we're getting to, you know, share with you, it's, it's a pleasure. So thank you very it much. Is. And can I wait for what's next for you right. and the future of the, of your company as well? Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, fingers crossed. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day, Mike. Bye. Right. Take care, Bye. Mike. Bye. See ya. Bye. There you go. And it's goodbye it from us as well. Yes. yes, I feel bad. I'll never be forgiven for that Brad's question, though. <laughs> <laughs> and we absolutely enjoy chatting with Mike Young. Oh, yes he yes he was he was a delight he really was yes absolutely yes and keep on the lookout for more wonderful interviews everyone and as always take us home jake keep massage alive take care everyone see you next time see ya bye bye, bye everyone Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show interview. Be sure to follow Jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive. Bye-bye.